Welcome to In the Lap of the Pods Queen podcast. Paul is actually ill tonight, so he won't be joining us. So we've got Joe, we've got myself, David, and a very special guest, which is Stephen Patalo. Hello, Stephen. Hello, how are you? We're very well. How's, how's life with yourself? Things are good here in Brooklyn. I'm a full five hours ahead of you, so it's still uh, lunchtime out here, as, the, uh, as David Bowie would say, uh, we're the only ones awake, still awake after lunchtime. So, <laughs> yeah. Nice one. Excellent. Well, well, thanks for joining us, Stephen. And um, Stephen is joining us uh, uh, this evening um, because, well, Stephen is actually in- interviewed David Mallett. Now, David Mallett, as your listeners will be more than aware, um, has, has actually directed quite a few Queen videos as well as all sorts, all sorts, you know, from Iron Maiden to oh, Billy Idol and things like that, you know. So there's lots, lots, lots in there. But um, yeah, and this is part of a new magazine that's coming out or already out. I think issue one's already out, Stephen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, our, our first issue is out, is out currently, and I'm trying to work toward getting the second one to, uh, moved along. But uh, this first issue has a wonderful inter- interview with David Mallett, where he talks about many of his music videos for ACDC, Def Leppard. Uh, Joan Jett and um, and Queen. Excellent, excellent. And the magazine is Music Video Time Machine. So where can we get that, Stephen? Where where can where can the listeners find that? Uh, yeah, musicvideotimemachine.com. You can check it out. Uh, it's absolutely free, 84 pages uh, in a flip book form. So you can pretend like you're reading something actually. <laughs> and <laughs> Physical. Along. I think I made that for uh, for people who are a little bit closer to my age than uh, yeah. who read everything on the phone now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, well, we, we've had a read through, not of every, every article, of course, but we'll be picking out a few, and especially the one that you did with uh, David Mallett as well. Um, so excellent. So, well, but before we get into it, Stephen, um, you know, looking at, you know, we've had a few searches of yourself um, on, on Google, and you've had quite a varied career. Well, yeah, that's a very kind way to put it, I guess. Is <laughs> um, I've uh, I've just dipped my toe in a whole lot of things over the years. Um, a bit of a uh, factotum, as they say. Uh, I grew up in the South, in uh, on the coast of Mississippi, um, and I've always had a, an interest in music and movies. So after I uh, left school. Uh, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I moved up to New York City in 1995 and started seeing what I could what I could get into. And over the years, I've been able to interview many uh, rock and pop musicians for different publications. I've been able to produce commercials and a few music videos of my own. Uh, I've been able to. I've just been very, very fortunate. And what happened along the way is that I, I started talking to music video directors because in my job as a producer, I would often get reels in from different commercial directors. And some of them had music videos on their reels um, mm-hmm. from years before or or what they were working on at that moment. And then, so I, I asked a couple of them sort of some stories about, you know, what was it like doing this? And, 
And then I realized that, that there was no real document uh, documenting of this type of information. I, I uh-huh. which I, I thought was a little a little funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, over the course of the last decade, maybe a little bit longer, I've been interviewing different music video directors of the 80s and the 90s, a few from the 70s, um, including uh, Bruce Gowers, who, as we know, was the director of Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, and I've put together, uh, you know, quite a, a mass of information here. And then during the pandemic, I decided that I just used the time to go ahead and put together a magazine. So it came out earlier this year. Uh, yeah, like I said, 84 pages of fun stuff. Um, and uh, getting back to, to Queen, um, I've been very lucky in that I've been able to interview, as we said, Bruce Gowers, who directed Bohemian Rhapsody, as well as uh, some of their, their other videos. But um, I was able to talk to David Mallet about some of the, the key ones that came around, um, such as uh, Radio Gaga. Um, and then, uh, strangely enough, I talked to Russell Mulcahy, who ended up working with them uh, but in a different sort of way when he was directing Highlander. Uh-huh. Um, but he also did uh, shoot a couple of videos with them as well. So I've sort of been circling Queen in a, in a, in a different way than most Queen fans would. Sure. Um, one of the most significant things that I found is that uh, I came up with this idea that there was a golden age of music video and I had to figure out sort of where did that start and where did that end? And I actually begin it with Bohemian Rhapsody video because many of the music video directors I have spoken with who, and uh, the majority of them are British, had a moment when they saw Bohemian Rhapsody on top of the pops. Yeah. And, they, and they said, that is something I, re- I want to do. That's something I'm very interested in doing. It's the equivalent of some rock musicians saying when they saw Elvis on the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I decided to go ahead and, and put that through. Um, you, you guys being, uh, you know, Queen aficionados and and probably the, the the highest form of trivial pursuit thereof <laughs> when it comes to Queen. I know the whole story of Bohemian Rhapsody and about um, creating the video and you know how it took maybe a half a day. I was lucky enough to speak to Bruce Gowers about m- m- so many of the things that he has worked on talk about an incredible career the man mm-hmm. you know directed those and and prince and uh rod stewart and all these amazing things and he's won uh emmy awards in the united states for american idol so yeah. the, the man's kind of an un- unbelievable but he was very kind and very nice and really enjoyed talking about the fact that uh, shooting the queen video had no real post-production Mm-hmm. Um, all the effects that you see, they did as they say in camera. Yeah, and they, you know, put it together. And uh, it, now, from what I understand, and I haven't, uh, this has wasn't part of the of the current magazine issue. But I wanted to run this by you guys because, like I said, you know much more about Queen than I do. The story that I heard was that Top of the Pops was not going to let it on the air, but they eventually relented. Is is that how it went? This is one. Oh, I need to need to think about my memory on this one. But something in my head uh, makes me think it was because they were on tour yeah. and they couldn't actually come and actually perform, 
Um, at, at the top of the pot, so they thought, well, what we can do is we've got some time, get some studio time, and we'll put this together and, and send that over to the BBC because they, yeah, they were on tour at the time and and didn't want to actually, you know, leave that and come come to top of the pops. So um, I, I think in the back of their heads as well, I think the whole operatic section, how they would actually perform that as well. How yeah. would how would they do that on stage? It might have looked. It might have been one of those terrible television moments, you know, yeah, where, totally. you know, where it would have been, you would have been kind of cringing watching that, you know. So I think there was a bit of, uh, I think it was, I think it was certainly the the former initially, but I think there was a bit more thought that went into that, you know, in terms of how how would we perform that that middle section uh-huh. you know, on top of the pops, um, because top of the pops, I mean, they, they they showed the full video as far as as far as I'm aware um, in the seventies. So I'm not I'm not entirely sure if that's accurate, but hey. Listen, I could have, I could, have, they could have, that could be another part of the story as well, you know. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as I understood it, uh, they generally, as a rule, wanted you to come on because that was, mm-hmm. and, and usually there was no argument about it because it was top of the pops and yeah. it's sort of like American Bandstand uh-huh. is here. You know, nobody says no, that's a ridiculous idea. Yeah. But um, maybe it was like you're saying, such that, you know, they were, they released Bohemian Rhapsody. It's this crazy song. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, immediately, well, but you tell me, it, it, it kind of went to the top fairly quickly. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number yeah. one for eight weeks. Eight weeks, yeah. yeah, yeah, eight yeah. Weeks. And uh, I think there was in somewhat of a conversation back and forth mm-hmm. because uh, from the records I saw, the video did not go on top of the pops right away. Right. It was there a few weeks later. And and ah. the politics of that, as I as I have heard from some, is that now Top of the Pops is embarrassed because the number one song is not on their show. Ah, right. Okay. So I that, that, that that's news to me. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, argue with that at all. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So maybe it's a kind. I mean, you know how it is. The uh, it, mm-hmm. in, when the choice is the legend or the truth, print the legend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think at the point that point in the seventies as well, um, certainly in, in the BBC, it was unionized as well. So you could see this video coming in that's already been produced and and filmed, and and then and then the union saying, "Wait a minute, we are meant to be filming the bands here. What's going on?" So I, I I've got a feeling there must have been some sort of. Uh, problem there you know so that would make sense to what you're saying there Stephen that maybe the first few weeks it, you know it wasn't shown um because they, they had those girls called pants people so what would happen if the artist couldn't actually make it they would have these girls dancing along to the song but of mm. course the unions would be happy we get to we get our jobs we get to film the you know the, the performers despite it not being the band and things like that so yeah that that, that I think we're kind of piecing it together in a little bit yeah but it's yeah yeah yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you, um, you're, uh, you two are possibly the only Scottish uh, people I've ever spoken to. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your cool experience guy. when you were younger as far as music videos are concerned? Where did you see them? 
Wins so, top and top of yeah, the pots. Yeah. It would have it would have been top of the pots because the time that obviously after kind of as you're alluding to Stephen after after um, Bohemian Rhapsody in the mid seventies, Joe and I were born in seventy nine. So obviously, came, okay. yeah, about later. So d- during the eighties, yeah, that you know we would have seen music videos on top of the pops quite quite readily. Um, and I remember, did you, did you get? the BBC there and was there any Scottish television as well? Yeah, you had, you had shows. Um, you've, you've got STV, Scottish Television, which is a kind of subsidiary of independent television, ITV in, in England. Um, so we would get the, the ITV shows, but we'd also get the Scottish shows. And yeah, there would be kind of magazine shows um, as well that you would see videos on um, with things like the chart show, which actually was English. Um, even even um, you know Casey Kasem's American Top Ten yeah, made yeah. its way over here as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that, that that was where I first saw the video for I um, I want it all by Queen. Yeah, uh, so on the, yeah. the chart show, yeah. Chart show, and then you had the, the American Top, top 10. 10, yeah. That was always on after yeah. uh, the chart show. Really? So, they're, they're, yeah, so there was access to, to music videos, yeah, in sort of late so, 80s, yeah. So, are you too young for Tizwas? It was on, but we were yeah, very, very young yeah, to, to really oh, young. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Because yeah. right. the breakfast shows was something that some of the music video directors talked to the English ones talked Absolutely. to me about where yeah. these things would air. And how the development throughout the 70s was uh, British bands uh, also dealing with bootleggers mm-hmm. in in Europe. Yeah. Um, and one of the ways that they would beat, try to beat it is that they would make these international clips or pop promo or whatever you sure. call it. And send it to these all these uh, countries who all had music video shows. Mm-hmm. This is where, you know, if they weren't touring, this is how they saw them. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. by and that's one of the reasons that by the time MTV launches in August of 1981, it's a, a whole lot of British bands. Yeah. And even the American bands are all in music videos that are directed by British directors. Yeah. So uh and and I, I always say that the unsung hero of the music video is Rod Stewart, because Rod was so far ahead of absolutely everyone mm-hmm. that on the very first day that MTV is on the air, Rod Stewart has 11 music videos in rotation. Jesus. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> I mean, more than anyone yeah. by at least, you know, 50%. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you know, as, as things progress, the very interesting thing about MTV is was that they there was a sweet spot where you couldn't really figure out who was going to have a hit and who mm-hmm. wasn't going to have a hit. And was it because of the video? Was it not? Who from the 70s was going to translate in the 80s? Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, think about this. You know, who would have thought that, that these singer-songwriter people like, like Billy Joel mm-hmm. and Tom Petty would be yeah. these enormous music video? Very true, artists. yes. When you had people, I mean, who would you even, t- James Taylor, not that, you know, that didn't yeah. work. Um, yeah. Christopher Cross, the, you know, these other people did not have these big, you know, the Doobie Brothers, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't have big hits in the in the 80s because of music video. And because there was a lack of content the first couple of years, that's when yeah. it really starts rolling along and you get these amazing, these amazing clips. Um, oh. I find it funny to watch some of the early, uh, queen clips um i i'm not sure who told freddie to wear that hat and another one bites the dust <laughs> <laughs> but what a 
mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's an incredible song. And I, I, like I said, I'll have to tell you guys topped every chart in the Um, States. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm about 10 years older than you guys. Mm -hmm. So I was at, uh, I went to a few uh, school dances Mm -hmm. where all they played was African-American artists and they were still playing another one bites the dust in like 1982 it was amazing you know to to watch these these different clips is funny i mean we will rock you where are they it looks like they're freezing to death it's it's actually roger taylor's back garden oh my (laughs) and the winter and the winter yeah no that was like glaswegian summer (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. in Glasgow <laughs> in July. Oh wow! Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Now, no, but yeah, um, Roger Taylor's back. Yeah. We could talk a little bit more about uh, about David Ballard and about the music videos of that time. Yeah. He had such, one of the things that David uh, takes uh, takes it on the chin about a lot is being posh. <laughs> oh, really? okay. And he, you know, oh dear boy, this dear boy, that, and uh, <laughs> he speaks like that so much, but he had developed a uh, a reputation for doing really well with these major artists david bowie mm-hmm. perfect example ashes to ashes is another video that so Great many video. people talk about they see it and they go oh i didn't know that this was possible that you could do something yeah. you know in this way so he um he ends up working with uh blondie and def leppard and by the time he gets to queen we're on the uh we're we're on uh, rock of ages i mean I'm, I'm sorry we're we're on um radio gaga mm-hmm. and he said he sat down and had dinner with freddie and these guys and freddie says we've just gotten the the, the uh, rights to metropolis so we're going to use that for mm-hmm. the music video <laughs> so, <laughs> so David Ballot's like, okay, well, you know, you could, you could, uh, you, you, you couldn't ask for more than, you know, somebody showing up with half of what you need already to make this. <laughs> um, but he, uh, and I'm not sure if you knew this, uh, David Mallet was the one that edited under pressure. I did know that. Oh, yeah, 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 Stephen, yeah. 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 Put all that stuff together, yeah. which it's interesting way to, to go about it. Um, mm-hmm. I think people to this day really only remember the song more than the than the video, which yeah, yeah. I guess that is a good way to do it if you if you want to if you want to go that route and have <laughs> yeah yeah. You know, I mean, I don't, I, I, I remember yeah, yeah. seeing it before, you know, but I really only remember seeing like some of the traffic and the underground stuff. Um, Going fast and then that's it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not very I think it's bits of Nos Nosferatu and, and, and things like right. that as well. Yeah, yeah. So right, it's, right. it's a very, very bizarre video. Well, it kind of um, works for me though. Yeah. Yeah. And and so here's a really strange coincidence um to talk about the fact that they used the um some of the footage from Metropolis in Radio Gaga is that queen of course did the soundtrack to flash gordon mm-hmm. and playing in flash gordon as uh I, I don't know if you would call him what do you call him king of the hawkman or whatever brian blessed mm-hmm. yeah 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 in 1989 i was in london and i saw metropolis the musical mm-hmm. starring brian blessed 
Oh, Excellent. That's uh, turn around, oh, yeah. That's strange. Weird. That's so weird. Yeah. It was it was terrible. Really bad. <laughs> it was I can I can imagine it would be, yeah. Oh, we are the serve of Metropolis. And there's or Brian Blessed, like right up there in the front, just trying to keep it keep together. It together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> so um David said that he came up with uh the move of the clapping of the hands and then up in the air and it's very in reefer stall if you want to <laughs> it's nuremberg <laughs> to a certain extent yeah. but he said they had to come up with something so when he heard the song he said let's do this because you know we've got a sort of a majestic idea going here we've got you know this i guess this is happening in space mm-hmm. and you know we'll do that and he said uh, one of the weird weirder moments is being at live aid when they play radio gaga the whole crowd you know just yeah. goes like that. he's like that's it's 1985 uh and everybody knew you know mtv was that was it that was how yeah, it yeah. was going they were you know where you saw live aid and all that mm-hmm. sort of thing mm-hmm. but to have everybody do that simultaneously yeah. is kind of amazing what other music video yeah yeah not just what other music video but what other event or or mm, or yeah. or moment can you think of that gets replicated in a way like that yeah, yeah. totally well, yeah yeah uh you know you i mean that must be i mean that's that for for david himself that must be absolutely yeah. incredible you know something that you know an idea, he, idea he's come up with is now so synonymous with queen now you know um you know yeah. when you think of especially live aid itself yeah yeah it must and be as a, well as um, and then he went on to do i want to break free mm-hmm. and he uh and the <clears throat> came up with this idea to you know the way he put it is like it's it's like if you a bunch of slags and living on coronation street or <laughs> something like that you know it was just terrible um and you know it said the the stones were in drag let's do it we'll be in drag the, the only yeah. thing that nobody really really thought about is the fact that freddie has a mustache and <laughs> yeah that's what that's what makes the video awesome for me yeah you go this is ridiculous <laughs> that's the whole point yeah uh, yeah and um, so uh, it, it, they they had a, a wonderful uh, relationship for the, the few that they they worked on together. Um, but then uh, it comes full circle because David Mallet ends up being the television director on the Freddie Mercury concert. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, sees all these people paying tribute yeah. uh, 1992 by then. Which, as we both know, 1992 being a big year because uh, Bohemian, Ra- Bohemian Rhapsody goes back on the charts yeah. because of the Wayne's World Wayne's movie. World, yeah, yeah. And um, am I right that it, it it charted higher than the original? It went to number one, I'm sure. It went to number one again. It went to number oh, one okay. in the UK originally and, and again okay. uh, on the re-release. Okay. But maybe maybe higher in, in, in the US, possibly. Yeah, the second time. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. But... Um, Yes, um, and actually, if you if you take a look at the magazine, um, I actually have a, a picture in here, of, uh, and I'll just show it to you guys, but they can see it in the magazine of David Mallon and Freddie Mercury yeah, yeah, yeah. on the set. Yeah, um, I was born to love you. If I do, what it looks like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, what's uh, what's funny is that 
I have another one here. I mean, there's they you've seen all this sort of stuff before. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, Picture, yeah, yeah. And they did sort of seem like superheroes almost in this mm-hmm. way that I think bands like Kiss tried to be. Yeah, yeah um, totally. But that's one of the wonderful things I've always enjoyed about Queen was it did feel like four different personalities, but absolutely, yeah. They, uh, but but they were all pointing in the same direction i guess yeah, yeah that makes it. sense and i think um, for, for someone like um for them to trust and work with a director so closely um they must have really trusted them because queen are such a guarded band and really, band yeah. yeah they're very guarded in who they work with and and why they work with individuals and um you know and i, th- I think they, they must have really really trusted david a lot yeah. you know for that, yeah. you know, so they, they tended to use the same people throughout their career, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, and we could talk about uh, some of the other videos as well. A kind of magic was, I believe, Ralph Bakshi and Russell, Russell yeah, 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 right, yeah. together uh, yeah. on that. Um, but I, you know, they 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 took a lot of interesting chances on certain things, like okay, for example, um, I don't know if it was the case there but over here the video for body language was banned from the air i think it was banned to it as well for a point yeah 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 um and I, one that i really enjoy is um and it's, it's so simple is uh crazy uh crazy little thing called love yeah cool yeah. Video, yeah it's a great it's a great little sort of Good clip fun. now i don't know the sort of history of that song um can you tell me a little bit about uh about about crazy little thing called yeah. because it yeah. sounds like elvis it, it does um it's it's very much um as as ultimately a tribute to, to elvis and all the artists that queen because when queen started the career they were they were pretty old actually when 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 they became queen they were all in the late 20s which is actually quite mm-hmm. old for a new band to come out you know so they were already so the fifties music was really their music, you know, the rock and roll of the fifties. So that was that was something that that, that was with the band throughout. Um, mm. But the story of a uh, crazy little thing is actually we interviewed um, a gentleman called Peter Hins, who was uh, one of Queen's roadies, but he was actually an, an assistant to Freddie as well in many ways. Um, and Freddie wrote that song in Munich in a hotel room in Munich. Um, so so Peter was actually just having a smoke, talked to a, a few friends. Freddie's in the bath <laughs> and he starts shouting out these chords and, you know, and then he comes out the bath and says to, to Peter, get me a guitar, get me a guitar and starts bashing out the chords. And and they said, that's how quickly it was written. It was written, the, the bones of the song were together within about 20 minutes, you know. Um, I'm sure there was a lot of refining, you know, later on. But what he apparently said was, Tell those fuckers I'm coming into the studio and get down to the studio. I'm, I'm recording this song. So, <laughs> so, because that's where the studio was in Munich at the time, you know, they were recording there. So, um, but yeah, that it was a really quick, quick song. And it was definitely a nod to Elvis. I mean, Freddie's doing his, his best Elvis impersonation in the song as well. Right. Brilliant. And, uh, and it sounds like Brian. Brian May is channeling Buddy Holly in there. Yeah, too. yeah, absolutely. With the guitar yeah. tone and yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. the kind of telecaster sound. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Now, uh, of course, some of the later ones, they tried to do the best they could when Freddie was sick. Indeed, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, some yeah. of those are really, I find, 
very difficult to watch. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Especially these other days of our lives. Yes. This is the very, days of it's hard to watch. For me, I'm going slightly mad. It's kind of hard to yeah, watch. Yeah, it's difficult as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then there's uh, then there's some videos from his solo, from Freddie's solo work. I think The Pretender. Mm. The, the Great Pretender, Pretender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that are, you know, kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder what, I wanted to ask you guys, what was sort of the, how were things in the band when Freddie wanted to do solo things? Because as we know, uh, it's a very recent sort of development for lead singers to do projects mm-hmm. and still be in their band. <laughs> it's just very true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, um, I mean, if I'm talking too much, Joe, you can come in here. No, well. not at all. No, on you go. <laughs> but I think that when, when Freddie got the, uh, when he made the deal for his solo album, uh, it was with CBS. So it wasn't with EMI who were Queen's label, so it was with CBS, and um, he was given an exceptional lot, a lot of money, which really pissed off the other three members of the band. So initially, they, they, they were, you know, they were they were pretty pissed off that he had all this money, because by that point, the, the thing is, we, our podcast, um, we, we're always honest and objective, you know, objectionable about everything to do with Queen. And the one thing is they were capitalists. There's absolutely no doubt Queen were capitalists. They yeah, were artists first and foremost, yeah, but they loved making money. And they always had their eye on <laughs> They always had their eye on the bottom line. So when Freddie made that deal, all that money, they were pretty pissed off. Now, the album flopped. The album was, you know, was a massive flop. Um, even, even in the UK, it was a flop as well. And I think there was a, probably a lot of schadenfreude with the rest of the, uh, the band that it did okay. so. So there was no option for, well, there was an option for a second album. Um, so what happened is is they went to CBS and said, uh, you know, oh, what's the, the name of the, the executive? Oh, he's very famous. I, I forget, his name slips from my mind. But anyway, they went and said, you know, oh, I suppose we have to make this second album. It's a two album deal, a two, two or three album deal it was. And um, so they were like, oh, right, fair enough. We have to make this album. But yeah, the album he's going to make is with a Spanish opera singer. And they were like, what the? F- right. No way, no way. So they basically just gave them money to go away. Um, so, so, so that was kind of the story. So in terms of Queen, yeah, they'd already made solo albums. Roger Taylor already had two solo albums. Brian May had actually done, done a little kind of project with Eddie Van Halen, um, in the 83. So probably Freddie's obviously being a a, a vocalist, you know, that was, that was the the big album that everyone was probably thinking, oh yeah, this is, this has got to be something amazing. And it's, it's got its charm, but it's certainly not, uh, (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I mean Barcelona. I didn't know if that was a hit or not. I mean, it was I, I, probably not in the US so much, but right. it certainly it certainly was in the UK. It was. Okay. I mean, this, the, the the lead single was was quite a big song. It charted well, and and you know it, it, it did very well. Actually, considering it's quite off off the beaten track, you know. Uh, yeah. Now I wanted to ask about um, bicycle race. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I. I was talking with David and I'm sorry, the clip is, is hundreds of naked people on bicycles. Is that right? Yeah. yeah naked that's, girls. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let me, let me ask at the outset, when you're making a video, you generally want to get it on television. This is, this is true. Yeah. Do you know any stories about what, what 
they were doing? I mean, what, what was a very good question? It's <laughs> a very, very good question. I mean, I don't know if it was just simply self indulgence because Queen yeah. are the kings of self indulgence, you know. Right. Um, you know, obviously, the video that eventually came out was highly edited, so oh, okay. um, so uh, the, the, the video that came out, you know, with the ladies were very obscured, and you know, you couldn't really see what was going on, and and you know, there's yeah. bits of the band performing in between. And the, the you know obviously some of the lyrics in the song you know about Superman you know and, and and all these kinds and you see Superman coming on the screen and it's it's all very it's a very camp video you know the, the one that they made that, that that was edited so there was a version of it that exists that has the ladies but you don't really see anything at all it's kind of just a suggestion of them mm-hmm. um, which, which which would make you, make you think what's the point in the first place but the video itself with all the ladies and all unedited did appear. Um, about 20 years ago um, in all its glory or or all its um, crassness or whatever you want to call it. Call it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it appeared. Um, and, and I think the band are kind of conflicted on it. I think, uh, I think certainly Brian May thinks, yeah, I, I don't think it was the best decision, you know, obviously from a, a, you know objectified women point of view. Um, Roger's a bit more... Yeah, yeah, I had fun with that video. I, I wish <laughs> I, I wish I was there on the day when I, you know, oh, yeah. Kind of thing. yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, that's a very good question, Stephen. Why, why, why do that? Well, no, I, I, knowing I, that that either it's going to be edited to the point of unrecon being unrecognizable, or it when, will not get played at all. When I spoke with uh, with Godly and Cream about many of the videos that they directed, because I mean they did girls on film for for Duran Duran I was like who what are you thinking you know you 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 make this thing it looks like you're shooting something that's not going to get on television and and he said well at the time we had sort of a dual idea going here um, which was we wanted to get into these underground clubs Mm. and get Duran Duran sort of more of of a a, an underground kind of vibe to them and not be right, quite right. so enormously poppy and stuff yeah. if you'll notice when you when we're shooting if you look at girls on film you see the guys but you can't tell how good looking they are so people have different reasons why they do stuff um there's an artist in the united states named dwight twilly who had a couple of hits and one of them was a song called girls they shot two different versions of it one of it was designed to be on the playboy channel here all right so there's lots of boobs and lots you know <laughs> and then there's a version that would just went on regular television yeah. he got a top 10 hit out of this this idea this thing that they did Rammstein, who are a German band. Rammstein! That's the very one, yeah. (laughs) And they did did that exact same thing. What they did was they they did a video for one of their songs. I can't even remember the name of it, but it was a a full-on hardcore porn shoot. Like, (laughs) full-on. It was like people having sex. And I think they they did that. But the reason they did it was to create controversy, and it worked for them. So their, their video got banned, but they did it deliberately, so their video would get banned. And then it obviously... There was a whole hullabaloo on in the press, and it just brought more attention. And so they put it, yeah. they put it up on all the porn sites, and it and it had like like nearly a, I don't know hundreds of millions of views apparently. <laughs> so I suppose today's today's yeah. different. I mean, back in when Stephen's talking about like girls on yeah. film, obviously we we obviously you know we didn't have YouTube and things like that. Aye. So so I suppose those 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 you know decisions are easier to make now because you can you have other channels. Uh, uh, back then, it, yeah, out, it doesn't but, make yeah, any sense yeah, to do that. Back, I suppose, then yeah. back then it's a big risk, you know, yeah. Uh, so while 
while we're talking about music videos and all, would what are your favorite Queen music videos? Would you now, say now, that's probably as difficult as finding you know what your favorite Queen song is? You probably have categories. Or oh something, yeah, absolutely. But, <laughs> but when it comes to their videos, what uh, I guess here's a better here's a better uh, way to ask it. Unless you know what your 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 favorite is automatically, because the other question I would say is what videos, what video do you think encapsulates what what Queen are really about the best? Me personally, I would probably say if you're talking about what Queen are about, Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, it has the, you know, the the, the band playing live. You know, in the heavy part, and obviously the part at the beginning. Then you have the whole innovative part in the middle. You know, that nobody had ever did before. You know, with the, all the effects and stuff like that. So it has the kind of grandiose vibe, and it also has the rock and roll vibe. So, in that respect, I would say that one portrays them as a band the most, but I, I would say my favourite Queen video would probably be Radio Gaga. Yeah. Excellent. Aye. Um, yeah, my favourite, my, my favourite is is still the Innuendo video. Um, I think it's because, probably actually for the same reasons that Joe's oh, saying, wow. I think it represents the band really well cool as video, well because yeah. it's really pompous. You know, there's there's lots of, you know, and it's really, really well made. It's, it's it there, There's just so much art, art, artistry in it. Um, and Queen are, you know, and it's almost as multi-layered as, as a, a 70s Queen song with all the, the harmonies and all that. I look at a video like Innuendo and I think that's, that's it's just so much happening in it. Yeah, that's true. And so much, so much going on. Even the, the, the animation in the middle with the plasticine people and all that. It's it's just an absolutely beautiful video, you know. And um, yeah, that that would, for me, be my favourite. And, and I think it, for, for Joe's reasons, um, for Bohemian Raps, I think that encapsulates Queen but yeah you can't argue with Bohemian Rhapsody in terms of bringing that Queen 2 album cover alive yeah, as well you alive, know, yeah. bringing that to, to 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 life as well for for people you know I think that's yeah. that's that's very very clever as well but yeah yeah it's hard it's hard to yeah it, you know now that I think about it, it is hard to top Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. in that I think you kind of hit the nail on the head is that it shows I mean, the three parts of that song showcase three different really amazing things about Queen. Absolutely, yeah. The other part that's great is that in a music video world, it doesn't use anything to detract from the band or or to distract you from their talent. That is Uh, true, yeah. yeah. When you're watching... Duran Duran, you're watching it for the spectacle and the and the you know travelogue and the and you know all of that sort of thing. Yeah, but when you watch too. Bohemian Rhapsody, you're you're sort of it's like you're settling in to watch The Godfather. Yes, yeah, it's like an original. It's as the original. Do you know? What I'm, do you know yeah, what I mean? So yeah, yeah and might, like you say, nothing detracts from the band because ultimately, even the part in the middle, you know, when it's all black and they, they do the operatic part. It's the band again, but just set in a completely different way. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I totally get and that. Even, yeah. even the the bit with the faces when they goes, oh, the yeah, faces no, got all the this trail. Yeah. yeah, that's just that's yeah. just the camera turned to one towards the monitor screen to create feedback. Yeah. Just something really simple. It's yeah, effectively. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, what is the video where they're? And I, uh, I'm sorry if I'm remembering this incorrectly. <laughs> so you're on the back of a truck that's going. Oh yeah. Oh, a train. Um, on a train, yeah, yeah, uh, breakthrough, yeah, yeah. That's breakthrough. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah. train. Yeah, it's a train. Yeah. I keep. I. It's a train. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. I, but it's, I but it's, on a, it's on a kind of flat le- level. It's, you know, you've got that's what I meant. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, but, but it's, yeah, yeah. But it's, they're standing on the outside on a train, on a real train, going at real speeds. Yeah, it looks pretty <laughs> dangerous, actually. You would never get away with that now. Uh, yeah, I couldn't find any information on, on, on that because I couldn't, I, I kept thinking that, because I only saw it once. And you know how sometimes you're like, I swear I saw this. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, you yeah. go, oh, I think you're mixing that up with something else. Um, I mean, it's a very, but, it's, it's very, it's very naff. It's a very cringy yeah, video. It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit of but, shit video, yeah. But, uh, it, it, but it's got its charm. There is, there is, there is kind of charm to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of friends of mine, when, when we were young, uh, we would make a bet when we heard something on the radio dum, 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 as to whether, it, whether it was flash or Dolly Parton's nine to five because AM radio, it sounds exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, totally. <laughs> so much nicer when it was, when it was flash. Yeah. I wanted to uh, just real quick. I also wanted to say, uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day and somebody made a suggestion that they should remake Flash Gordon as a musical oh, no. with Jack Black. That might work actually. As Flash I, Gordon, I was I, like, I think, as, I as Flash Gordon that, yeah. singing the songs. Oh boy, can't yeah. sing. He's got a great voice. You know, yeah, yeah. I think that would work. I, I, uh, yeah, I want to see that. I, I have Queen's music and the actual yeah, the yeah. live version. Yeah, and have have him, you know. <laughs> sort of sing along or, or sing with with uh with you know we re-record some of the some of the stuff with freddie and yeah. have be a you know sort of a spectacle and they're all sitting there somebody says that and they just start laughing a little bit and then somebody goes you know that's not really a bad idea some producers out there like thinking oh <laughs> it, 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 def- it definitely has the vocal chops yeah yeah okay so um Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie versus Rocket Man, the movie. Rocket well, Man, all well, day long. Well, I'll, I'll just say that I haven't seen Rocket Man, but Rocket Man definitely because <laughs> ah! Bohemian. If you're a, a, you guys know, are not fans. No, if you if, to be fair, if you know, like David said, when we see the bad and we see the good, we don't. We're not blinkered in that respect, you know. So. Yeah. For us, it's like and, you know, and I would say, yeah, yeah I would say, yeah. nice try, but he's too short anyway. Yeah, but when we watch yeah. the film, it's just full, absolutely <laughs> chock full of inconsistencies, and it's it's so so badly. The timelines are all out of whack completely. You know, things are happening yeah. in the film that didn't happen like seven years prior, and yeah, and, and not I mean, to I, mention I, the portrayal of Freddie in it is yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, Rami, I mean, Rami, I do, and and uh, you know, Mister Rover, I, I, I like. He's him brilliant a lot. in that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, he's he, he's excellent, but as Freddie, it just terrible. It doesn't work. Doesn't work. It's, um, and it's not because he's a bad actor. It's just no. because he's it he was miscast. He's yeah. the wrong guy, and wrong guy for it. and. Uh, but he did his best, and not, not you know he won an Oscar for it for some yeah. reason. But yeah, but uh, you know it's, it's interesting when we were talking about uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and not really uh, performing it uh, live. What did what did Queen do when it came to Bohemian Rhapsody? Did they do what they did at Live Aid, which is they play yeah. the first part and then they show the video? And then yeah, they pretty, the pretty much. So yeah. so in Live Aid, what they did was they because of the time constraints obviously they only had 20 minutes um they did the first part of bohemian raps they then they segued into radio gaga 
and just oh. did that. So so you didn't get the full of Bohemian Rhapsody at Live Aid. But what they did oh. traditionally on the on the live shows is they would leave the stage and they would you know they would show the video screens of and the, the lighting show would do its thing and then they'd come back on for the for the the heavy bit at the end. Um, so yeah, that's how they how they did it. Yeah. I, I want to say uh, a big shout out to a place down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina um, called Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of these sh- sort of tribute shows where people, you know, do different tribute acts, etc. cetera. And um, the night I went, it was Annie Lennox, Elvis, Dusty Springfield, and uh, Freddie Mercury. Cool. And, and this guy was hitting the notes he was marching around he he did really well he had a bad wig which detracted <laughs> from it a little bit yeah. but i had to give him credit because he and these girls did all of bohemian rhapsody they did the whole thing and you could tell that they were singing that there was it wasn't back tracks sure. yeah, or anything yeah. and they pulled it off and at the end people were just it was a standing ovation because yeah that's just impossible to yeah, do yeah, yeah no, totally yeah. Um, so props to legends in uh, Myrtle Beach. Oh, indeed, uh, yeah, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's. I think um, I, don't quote me on how many vocal tracks are in that. I think there's something about thirty-two vocal tracks or something in that wow. middle, middle section. So I think they just made that decision. We just can't replicate anywhere near. You know So question, another question for you guys: worst Queen cover of a song? Not not worst cover of a Queen song. What's cover of a queen? Oh, there's so many. Um, oh, Robbie Williams. Yeah, yeah, that's say, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah, that's number one. Yeah, number one. <laughs> that's a good choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let us go with that one. <laughs> Cl- closely followed by a band called Dream Theater. Oh they've yeah, done, yeah. They've done, they've they've done a lot of Queen covers and every the, one of them. Can I strip? Can I strip the rubbish. soul out of them? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the essence altogether. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I was going to say, obviously you being from the States, um, we've asked this a couple of times, you know, of people, American folk that listen to the podcast. Do you remember anything about Live Aid at all? You know, did you watch it live oh, on absolutely. TV? Or, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and um, what's what's interesting is that, uh, you know, you had to sort of... <laughs> You watch it, and then you you had you do something else, and somebody would go, "Hey, this guy's on!" You come running back in. <laughs> um, but afterwards, they had a, a an MTV special called Live Aid Today, where they showed clips of all of it over. I think it was an hour and a half. Great, and uh, it was really fascinating to watch that. And um, and I do remember very distinctly uh, right after it. it Somebody asked Bob Geldof who was who was the best, and he was like Queen. You can say whoever you want, but it was Queen. Yeah, I, obvious. You you guys, I'm sure have seen that that clip before. Yeah. Um, but and and I I just <laughs> it was really amazing how much command he had over that audience. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that we, in America was that they were cutting back and forth between Wembley and JFK stadium. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the British acts were actually at JFK stadium instead yeah, of like Judas Priest and there. things like that. Yeah. They were Black Sabbath. I, yeah, yeah. Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That Thompson. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I remember the insufferable Phil Collins 
um, <laughs> playing on one side and then getting on the Concord and flying to the other side and playing yeah. again, yeah. which, uh, you know, I like Phil Collins. Uh, and I think he sometimes gets a hard rap, um, but couldn't it have been anybody else who yeah, crossed the Atlantic been. to, you know, because <laughs> I'm sure there's all these people that are like, what, what's the odds that the Concord is going to crash with Phil Collins in it? And this will be all about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but people are taking bets and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, to, to, to tell you from a U.S. Uh, point of view on uh, Live Aid, um, we were all just jealous of everybody who got to go. I was a yeah. junior in high school and, uh, you know, it, it might as well have been on the moon as far as the chances of getting to go to see <laughs> it. Um, but I do, uh, I do. I also remember status quo. Um, they played it much later, but he, they were like, the, we're like, we're, we're the opening act of, of all time. <laughs> we had to go first at what, yeah. six o'clock in the morning. And something crazy. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I uh, I got to speak uh, to um, Tom Bailey of Thompson Twins about playing Live Aid, and uh, they he they played, and they were actually um, they played backup, it sang backup for Madonna um, ah, while they were there because Nile Rodgers had just produced her album after mm-hmm. producing their album, mm-hmm. uh, and they said that that was that was an odd experience, but uh, the Thompson Twins played the Beatles' Revolution. While they were on stage, oh, really? so yeah, and they got a pretty big, pretty big response from that. Um, oh, I know what I want to ask you about. Do you have any Freddie Mercury, Michael Jackson state of shock info? Oh, right, yeah, well, sort of, yeah. So, of course, um, the, the, the version that eventually appears has got Mick Jagger on it instead of Freddie. So State of Shock and, appears on the Jackson the Jackson's re reunited album. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah it the, was on their victory album. Victory and album. I, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. The but rumor they, was also yeah, that they that Mick Jagger and Michael Jackson were never in the same studio to record. I could probably like believe that. that. So yeah. so yeah so Freddie recorded a few tracks with Michael. Um so yeah State of Shock being one of them. The other one being um there must be more to life than this which actually finds its way onto Freddie's solo album um, mm-hmm. later on, but yeah, it's got Michael on that as well. But uh, apparently, um, well, they well they they had a falling out in the studio, so Freddie Freddie left. Um, they were they were very really? good friends for a few years, but what <laughs> what Freddie said, <laughs> this is really wow. bizarre. What had happened was um, Freddie was getting really pissed off because he'd be doing vocal takes, he'd look into the, you know the you know the the mixing booth and. Um, yeah, there's a llama there. You know, there's a llama. And this Michael was bringing his llama into the studio, and uh, yeah, so he thought, yeah, no, he was just getting more pissed off with it. So eventually, he just he just left, and and that was it. It never really happened. But Freddie, Freddie's kind of he kind of ruse not being on because some of these tracks were mooted for Thriller. Um, they might have made it onto Thriller, and um, Freddie Freddie always says, "Oh, the royalties I missed out on not being on that." Album. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, but yeah, geez. yeah. So, but there's there's other stories more in the kind of uh, maybe urban legend kind of area where um, Michael was annoyed at Freddie's drug use. You know that he was taking coke in the studio and things like that. Oh. But but 
these are unsubstantiated, so I don't really know. I don't want to say that's exactly what happened, but I've heard these kind of you know urban legends about that, and possibly they are just that. I was so happy to see, uh, you know, on YouTube that there's so many people who found these tracks and they put them up and they yeah. get, do these remixes with all three of the singers. Uh -huh. I think it's really interesting, yeah, to, absolutely, to yeah. watch uh, and to listen to. Um, yeah. I mean, that's one that's maybe my favorite uh michael jackson song just because i like tito's guitar playing on it mm, it's yeah, pretty yeah. fantastic mm, um yeah michael's singing really is high registered on that one as well it's really kind of got a lot of attitude uh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 he's really yeah. scratching it up yeah, uh, yeah it seems like um were there any uh other sort of unreleased combinations that that freddie had done that we that yeah the yeah. usual person wouldn't know about yeah, there's there's a there's a few. Um, um so uh, th there's a song um on uh song play the game um on the game album. Um Andy Gibb actually did some vocals on that. Oh but it's never no one's it's never I don't know if they lost the track or uh, or you know, I don't think they intended to release it. I think it was just a, a, a bit of a try and see what happens. Um, but it's oh, never, wow. it's never, it's never made the light. You know, we've never, we've never heard it. Um, so that was one. Um, obviously, we know about Under Pressure um, on Hot Space album, and there was another song on the Hot Space album called Cool Cat, which is a, this kind of, you know, kind of soul kind of like. It's, it's actually not bad for 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 four white guys. It's not too bad, you know. It actually, works out okay. But but David Bowie actually did some some mumbling on that. It's it's kind of you can actually get that on YouTube. Yeah. It's it's nothing nothing extraordinary extraordinary in any in, by any means, but uh, but it is there. I suppose um, that sorry, the other one was is in nineteen eighty four or eighty three or eighty four. Um, they um they did one with Rod Stewart, so Rod Stewart sang on a song called um, "Let Me Live," um, which didn't make make it onto onto the Works album by Queen or indeed Freddie's solo album, but it did make it onto this album that the, the Queen members put together after Freddie's death and but not with Rod's vocals on it, just Freddie's vocals and, and the rest of the band. So yeah, so there's been a few collaborations that you, that haven't actually been officially, you know, released, you know. So, yeah. Freddie also did a, a collaboration with uh, on a song with Billy Squire. Yeah, yeah. He's done a he's done he's done done a couple of them. I think he's done his, maybe I, I think one where he does a like a like a main vocal on and I think yeah. he did backing vocals on other yeah, songs. Another and one. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, if you put into yeah. YouTube Billy Squire, Freddie Mercury, it'll bring the yeah. song up. It's actually the song's actually really good, but Freddie does the the, the, the vocal mm -hmm. intro and it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, oh, well, I got no, I gotta check that one out. Yeah, I gotta shout um, that one, Joe. So I wonder I also wanted to ask you guys, uh when it came to you know soundtracks like you know flash and highlander and mm -hmm. and those um do you kind of know what what their process was as far as you know making those soundtracks um it, it i found that when i talked to artists that work on soundtracks every process is different um and especially when it's a band that generally uh doesn't do that type of thing like maybe it's their first or the second attempt um do you guys have any sort of stories about you know how the the recordings of a flash or a highlander actually came about and then how they went yeah george you want to jump in here or do you want me um, to take this one it's up to yourself you go for it man You're okay <laughs> okay so the the flash soundtrack um 
Well, I remember that the Flash soundtrack was very much led by Brian May. He was almost like the the the, the band leader in that situation. Um, he he sort of pieced it together mostly. And what he he said is he would do it in the very old fashioned way, the way that 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 you know people doing film scores would have did decades before. He would actually have the footage on a big screen in front of him, and he would be kind of influenced by what he was seeing at the time, and he would. He would yeah bash away with a few things now it's very the soundtrack apart from the the do 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 you know the flashes theme and maybe the hero it's a very synth album it's got lots of synths yeah, lots, throughout of the, 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 lots of keyboards through that electronics and that was something very very new to queen as well so you had that that situation as well where it, it's you know queen as a as a band are actually going into new territory uh, completely and but yeah brian was very much influenced by what he was seeing in the footage, you know, and used that as a kind of an influence on, on where the music was going. However, all of the individual band members do have credits on that album, you know, um, things that they brought, you know, Roger and John and, and Freddie have got their own credits and, and, and vice. But I think Brian was very much the guy that took those ideas and pieced it all together into almost like this one piece of music yeah. that, 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 that flows throughout. Um, Highlander was very different. That's a very different situation. I think, I think originally there was a few different bands actually um, talked about as doing the soundtrack for Highlander. Um, Brilliant being one of them um, as well. And um, I think, UB40 or somebody like no, that. Oh, it was the police. It was the, the police. police. That was yeah. A, yeah, the police. So Russell Russell was thinking about the police and Brilliant hmm. at one point. So what happened was there was twenty minutes of footage so that they had rushes of the the film and they showed that to Queen. And they were asked to they were asked to produce one song. Could you give us a song for this film? And Queen saw the twenty minutes and said, "We'll give you we'll give you five songs." And so they went away and, and recorded five songs for it. Now it's never actually been released as a soundtrack. The actual official soundtrack doesn't exist. Um, so what happened was um, the the original recordings that you actually hear in the movie are not the ones that made it onto that a kind of magic album. They're completely different takes yeah. of the songs so they um yeah they they appeared um only in the movie um and the, the soundtrack was the the story goes the soundtrack wasn't released because the movie basically flopped so they, they held it back and the move the movie what didn't do good business so they, they actually shelved releasing the soundtrack along with it so queen took the songs and says okay right fine if it's not they're not going to be released We'll take these songs, and a year later, they they put them onto, um, you know, Highlander was shot in '85, came out in '86, but Queen had already decided to re-record them and put them out on their kind of magic album. So for wow. some people, it's a bit strange. You've got this album, and it's all it's, it's songs about what's happening in this movie, but it's not a soundtrack album. So for some people, they find that a bit weird. Princes of the Universe, Give Me the Prize, Who Wants to Live Forever, you know, and they're thinking, you know, this this obviously these are about Highlander, but. It's not a soundtrack, so it's a very strange, strange situation. That one, you would think by now, you know, that there's enough, there's enough synergy and crossover and, yeah. and box set marketing, yeah, to be you know, to pull this stuff out because definitely, you know, it would definitely sell, between, yeah, yeah, between the Queen fans and the Highlander fans, yeah, it's yeah. in the style, so. Yeah. Maybe there's something to it that we don't know. Maybe, could maybe be. Brian tried and yeah, it could be Barney. Let, yeah, it, yeah. let it out. Um, 
The one thing Queen are really poor at though is 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 pulling together their anthology. They're they're, they're not great at, at pulling together all this stuff and and saying there you go guys here, here it all is. They they tend to just put out you know the release greatest hits for the seventeenth eighteenth time. You know why don't you give us something we've not got? Give us something new. Give us something that's from the archives. Someone something from the vaults. But you yeah. know the way the Beatles have done, the way Bob Dylan's done. You know, but 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 yeah. Queen are just really poor at just. You know, the other release, you know, the, the, the yeah, another compilation. It's just, it's just very frustrating as a Queen fan because yeah. we know this stuff exists. As you said, Stephen, that soundtrack and those songs, you, you can't get them out there in edited form, you know, because they've been either ripped from the movie or someone's got an extended version of it that they've found somewhere. So they are there in bits and pieces, but the whole soundtrack, because you've got Michael came in there as well, doing the soundtrack along you know, with Queen and taking some of Queen's melodies and putting them into an orchestra as well and certain parts of it. So it's a really interesting piece of music. For, for some, probably more interesting than the movie. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. Well, I mean, one of one of our listeners actually, um, when we started doing the, the podcast not long into it, um, he's, he actually had the, I don't know how he managed to compile it, but he had the full soundtrack. Um, yeah. All the incidental music and stuff. And he, yeah. he sent us I, think it was, I think it turned out it was about it was. I think some of them were into like Highlander two and three. Actually, with the, with the one they sent. Oh, it was. It was later on, but but honestly, there was about seven or eight eight of the tunes there. So there's yeah. something there. Someone's got this somewhere. You know, yeah. it does exist. You know. So anyway, well, with all the things that they can do now, with you know, sonically with computers and stuff like that, it, yeah. it will, nothing really surprises me anymore. I don't. Yeah. I don't know about you. If somebody yeah. shows up and goes. Oh, we fed all of the audio into this, and we were able to split it into mm-hmm. five billion stru- stems, and we reassembled all the Queen stuff, and now here it is. I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, absolutely, I yeah." I believe you completely. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, uh, do you guys have any other sort of questions for me when it comes to? sort of uh, yeah, video well, stuff maybe in general, I guess? Yeah, I, I think that's it. I think from yourself, I mean, you've asked us quite a few questions, Stephen, but I think um, <laughs> some of the similar questions I'd asked of yourself, you know, you're watching the Queen videos um, and I think Queen, this is my own personal view, it's, it's one podcast that, that, that Joe, Paul and I have yet to do um, and it's discuss the videos um, and we'll get to that at some point, but I think they're a very mixed band in terms of videos. I think some work really well and some don't. And and I, I, as much as they're a very visual band, I think there's some some videos that 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 are just okay as opposed to great. Um, but I, I don't know what 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 do you think about Queen's videos and 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 yourself? Do you is there any ones that stick out for you as being even from a producer and a, a director's point of view? Is there anything you think are are that really stick out for you? Well, I think uh, some of the things that they were doing were very, uh, very standard British pop clip type things. Yeah. Uh, when you were saying that they were in Glasgow and the outside for we were oh, like, that, oh that was that a was joke a, that was a joke by the way <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was a joke okay. about Gla- a Glasgow summertime yeah being, it was just me poking fun at Glasgow there's a handful of, of, of videos that you can just you know go straight to that are all outside and all yeah, these yeah. Music, all, all these music video directors from England said um, well when you have no money 
you can always go outside. England is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I said, okay, well, sure. And so there's, there's all these ones that, you know, what, what are, why are they doing this? Why is big country uh, riding on ATVs and, you know, in the countryside because they didn't have any money to do anything else. Yeah. uh, And and the scenery is amazing. Yeah. 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 But I think for queen, like I said, there's a few things that they did that were kind of standard. One of the, problems with uh shooting your clip on video is that it ends up looking cheap Mm -hmm. uh and luckily you know by the time we get to radio gaga um you know they're shooting on film yeah it's got you know more to it um the i think watching bohemian rhapsody it it really does it at the same time of being very classic it's absolutely of the time too because yeah, totally. it is shot that certain way now mm-hmm. body language and crazy little thing called love are, are they just look kind of silly because it is on video mm-hmm. yeah. um and it, it was during an, an era where people would go i've got a home video camera i could do that that looks like this <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so some of those they they were kind of silly um but i i think they really they they did take chances you know i, I kind yeah, of mad yeah, that's yeah. you know that's taking a chance trying to do a, a music video that way radio gaga was was a was you know a, a stretch um and but but i do think that it, their stage presence was always very strong. So I think when they would show them, yeah, um, th- those ones that it, it looks like they're shooting them on a stage and it's just dark everywhere. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, like Hamlet Fall really, videos like that. Yeah, yeah, those come off. I mean, even another one bites the dust. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's really uh, dark, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not a lot like um, yeah, yeah. is is Hammer to Fall like that? Yeah, it's um, a live performance stage. Yeah, probably probably a bit more light because there's more light side. Because right. you know, I was probably shot in film as well, actually, as opposed to, to um, video. Yeah, but um, yeah, and I mean, I want to break free. It's you know the <laughs> iconic. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not even so much that it's well, I yeah that that shot of Freddie in the getup with the <laughs> vacuum is one that. It's maybe in the top ten images of of Queen that we see always, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, <laughs> I think it showed their uh, willingness to take the piss out of something too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? Not take themselves too seriously. Yeah, yeah because I mean, you, you watch Radio Gaga, you're like, these guys are really going to go for it because. Mm-hmm this looks like this can compete with anything yeah then they turn around and they do (laughs) want to break free as if to say yeah but you know who cares yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) so i think the strength of queen to me uh in their visuals has always been um their boldness and their uh their i don't i don't i don't think that they've ever been uh, a, a slave to the visuals. Um, sure. I think the song always came first. Oh yeah, 100%. And, and and because the songs are so strong, there are many songs that we hear, you know, today 
mm-hmm. and we don't associate with the video because it it just you know the, the video just wasn't the tool at the time that sold the record the the yeah. song sold the record especially yeah. in the in the 70s yeah Oh, yeah. oh yeah absolutely i mean i i've seen we are the champions a couple of times i've seen uh we will rock you more more times than others just because i've sought it out but when i hear it on the radio i don't think of the video yeah absolutely yeah yeah the, the 80s totally changed the whole pers- perception of music i think at all at the time it was more about the video than the music well artists yeah and I think, um, well, Freddie said that himself. He he was very conscious of, well, the, the, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said that, you know, when they're making a music video, he's very conscious of not ruining people's idea of the song. You know, yeah. you know, you put this visual that that someone's, oh, you've totally ruined what, what I, I had in my head, because yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, totally. you're giving me something that, that that's messing with me. So, um, well, but I think, but I think Queen definitely did that, though. But you know, by taking I want to break chances, free, I want to break free, and yeah. all these things. And so, I think, um, you know, he's saying that, but I think that's exactly what the Queen did. You know, they <laughs> especially with especially with with that video, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, that it's not uh, any new, you know, info, but that. Ultimately ruined a reputation in the states. That video, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. I'll get banned by MTV as well. So commercial yeah. suicide. Wait, I want to break free. Yeah, totally. Men, men, to- men track. Yeah, yeah. Totally yeah. ruined the the um the whole presence after coming from you know another one bites the dust, which was a massive hit, and obviously there's an album between um the game, which another one bites the dust is on, and um, the Wax album, which is obviously Hot Space, but. By the time they released the I Want to Break Free video, the, the America just washed their hands completely yeah, yeah. with Queen. And MTV yeah. refused to play it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah because they, they, it was men and... I think at that point, it was the, the testosterone, you know, the heavy rock. and Yeah, the glam you know, the glam rock thing was starting to kick in as well, around about that time, you know. Uh, glam but, metal stuff. Uh, glam, yeah. glam metal. Sorry, glam rock, and stuff, glam you know. Metal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, somebody sure. forgot to tell Elton John during that time, I guess. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. You know. <laughs> But yeah, um, um, that's, that's so that's so interesting. That's that's so interesting. I, I would not have guessed that that's that, that's the way things went. Um, especially, uh, especially at Live Aid, you know. Well, that that basically that kind of they were ready as rumor, you know, if you believe the rumors, Queen were ready to kind of throw the towel in before Live Aid. You know, I think uh, there was a lot of and and in, in fighting in the was, band. They were certainly like fed up with each other. I yeah yeah. Yeah, but so then obviously that the video didn't help matters, you know, when obviously they, they were basically blackballed in America. So that's a huge part of the audience completely overnight, pretty much taken away. You know? And and yeah, and what happened with that is Joe's saying about the the whole US thing is is you know you've got Live Aid, you know, which was obviously seen by by the U, you know people in the US as well, great performance and all that. But you've got um you've got Freddie who really dug his heels in so the next tour they don't tour the states at all yeah. they only tour europe um and freddie says i'm not going back to america until we have another hit and the management are trying to say to freddie yeah you kind of need to tour life. you kind of need to go there to get a hit and get get the wow. band back and so freddie was very much no i will not go back to it and of course the tour after that in 86 was Freddie's last tour anyway, so it was academic. But um, but yeah, there was this, this, this. It was almost like um, you know, Freddie in particular took it hard that Fred that that, that the US had turned its back on on, on wow. Queen, you know. So yeah, yeah. Um, but he instead of trying to work it out, he kind of just turned his back on on the US as a result, kind of thing, you know. Yeah, sure. kind of defiant, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Well, I'm hoping in the next uh, issue of Music Video Time Machine magazine, we're, we'll do a whole thing on Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, oh, that'd be cool. So uh, what we've done, the, the structure that I've set up in it is that we have uh, interviews with directors from the UK, interviews with directors from the US. Mm-hmm. We have band interviews and then we have some special sections and one of them is like going behind the scenes of just one video at one time and uh this past one we did uh golden earrings twilight zone which has a great great music video i know i don't know if you guys remember it but it's basically it looks like a james bond movie and Mm -hmm. it's it's just so far ahead of everybody else uh in 1984 it's just incredible but this time we're going to do Bohemian Rhapsody just because Bruce was so kind and, and so nice about, about uh, you know, the whole thing. And also I got to interview, are you guys familiar with John Henschel? John was the one who had the lens that they used for the shot of all of them where you see all of them multiple Oh Image. right, okay, yeah, yeah, almost I'm like thinking, a, yeah. almost like a, a flies view of <laughs> Queen when it's got all the kind of hex. Yes, and here, here, here's a, a little exclusive for you. It's actually going to be in the magazine when I do this. But John Henschel actually used that lens previously to do a promo for a special on the BBC, "The Many Faces of Frank Gorshin." And I don't know if you're familiar with Frank Gorshin, but he's nope. a he's an entertainer over here as a comedian, and he did uh, different uh, impersonations of different people. But he's most famous in the United States for being on the Batman television series, playing the Riddler in the 19th. Oh yeah, right, okay, yeah, yeah. So there you go. I, I'm sure you've never heard that from anybody else who's ever been on your podcast. Do you do music videos yourself, or have you, you ever, you know, taken the leap into that? Uh, well, for a while, I uh, I did what what you would call micro budget music videos, <laughs> which <laughs> means the band has no money. Um, and uh, right before I moved up here from Baton Baton Rouge, I uh, directed a music video just as a project for a little band called Becky Sharp, and that band actually. Um, ended up signed to mca records and they bought the music video for me which cost me 50 bucks to make but i the the label paid me 500 so that was like maybe the only time i really got paid for something (laughs) like that that went really well so consequently um when i moved to new york i had this video and it's like oh what and it actually played on on mtv played on 120 minutes stuff like that so so i was able to use that as a calling card for a little bit but I, i i i just I didn't really have the connections that that you need yeah. to do that. So I did a bunch of independent ones, um, and I've been lucky enough to get to do a a bunch of different genres, um, from hip hop to heavy metal to uh, uh, Latin pop singer. Uh, I worked cool. with I've worked with uh, Daptone Records out of Brooklyn, um, and we've done several clips together. So it's been fun. I I never I never really got a really really nice budget to be able to do yeah. something, but uh, but they're always fun. And it's funny the music video directors that I interviewed uh, said that even though many of them went on to other projects or they they ended up doing something else, uh, they they 
all had this thing in common where they said they never had enough time and they never had enough money to do these things, but they also never had, never enjoyed their career as much as they did when they were making these little videos. They had so much uh, autonomy in it because it was a weird sweet spot at this, this particular moment uh, where the record company didn't, exactly know what was going to work and what was not so yeah. usually they would give you thirty thousand dollars and say look go make go make something just make it cool so we can get it on mtv and then yeah. when you turn it in and they do show it on mtv they show it in rotation and so the yeah. work that you do is on the hottest uh, channel yeah of course yeah. A, a groundbreaking cultural phenomenon of a channel that we've never we've never seen and haven't seen since and it's being played over and over and over so if you're yeah. if you're a director if you're if you're a filmmaker it's like a dream come true yeah absolutely. No, totally yeah, yeah. absolutely you're, show, you're getting showcased constantly to millions and millions of people yeah, yeah. and Makes what's sense. funny is that from direct from interviewing these directors it was a small community all these guys know each other yeah. and, and we're actually cheerleaders for each other's work for the oh, first right. 10 years or so and and then yeah. uh, unfortunately a lot of the business started to take you know uh take its its bite out of everything that it always does and you know and yeah. shot, as they say the shotgun wedding between art and commerce and commerce yeah. just always wins so yeah. these guys said you know they were wanting you know some somebody would call and say oh we want to want you to give us five treatments uh, of what you would do and yeah. by the way you're competing with 10 other people and yeah so we just, just takes it whatever yeah. we want and like takes the wind yeah. right out your sails yeah totally yeah, yeah. yeah especially when they think they know mm-hmm. you know what i mean they yeah, should be left to the know. director yeah and so a lot of these guys they're just like it's not worth it um yeah, I, yeah. a lot of the american directors were also shooting regular commercials, you know, for beer and cars and whatever else. And that paid. Yeah. 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 Didn't yeah. Probably get paid at all. That's why it's ZZ tops, uh, uh, sharp dressed man and legs. Those are all shot on 16 millimeter film. Really? Yeah. It's well, hard to believe, you know, wow. I, even, even, uh, Alice in Chains, man in the box. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great, uh, yeah. Great, great you can tell it's you can tell it's a cheap video, yeah. You can yeah, totally yeah, tell. yeah, but but it works. But it works, it yeah, works, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's kind of, if I remember correctly, that video is kind of like slowed down at parts as well. It's kind of it's, it's got, had kind of weird effect on it as well, and it's black and white as well. Yeah, yeah, actually, and, and it's funny. You should uh, the director of that. Uh, I wanted to um, kind of uh, promote something. Is this going to come out before October sixth? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Well, here in the United States, for any of your listeners who happen to be in the New York City area on October 6th, I'm doing a panel at New York Comic Con called Where Were You in 1992? Iconic Videos Turned 30. And we're going to be talking to actually a couple of music video directors, one one of them who did Alice in Chains' Man in the Box and Temple of the Dog's Hunger Strike. Uh, That's another Another strange video in a cornfield or something, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, in yeah. them. They're they're outside. There's yeah, and uh, mm. that's directed by Paul Rockman. And then we on the more pop side, I have director Rich Murray, who's going to talk to us about the videos that he directed for the Spin Doctors 
and oh, teenage hip hop yeah, yeah. and teenage hip hop sensation Chris Cross. They were the most. Oh, yeah, 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 backwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jump, yeah, right, jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And and also uh, former MTV VJ uh, Karen Duff Duffy is going to join us as well to talk about uh, her adventures during that time as well. So so if you happen to be a Comic Con. On Thursday, October the 6th, we are uh, having our panel uh, at 6.15, so come swing by, and uh, oh, yeah. we'll be talking about music videos of 1992. Uh, we'll answer questions and show videos, and so if you guys can uh, stop by, you're more than invited. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Well, that, that sounds great. It's just, just a bit too far away for us, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> if, I, if, I was, if I was there, if I was in the States, I would make oh, it, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well, at, maybe... the end of the, at the end of the month, if you if you happen to be in Brooklyn, as I know that you generally are at the end yeah, of Yeah, absolutely. Uh, October 28th, we have the Music Video Time Machine Halloween party where we show music videos all night from the 1990s uh, on a big screen. It's a big dance party. This year, this year the Halloween uh, is the Halloween party is called Creeping It Real. <laughs> so uh please yeah i know please stop by costumes are encouraged and yes we will be giving out skittles all night oh excellent i think we better book our flight joe get some yeah. skittles get some skittles <laughs> definitely you guys, show up, you guys show up i will dress like sean connery <laughs> get too excellent. much hair <laughs> I'm more like that never stopped him. I can, I can borrow I can borrow his hairpiece from the hunt for Red October. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, it's a, it's a fight between him and William Shatner for the best hairpieces. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I've I've only been in Brooklyn one time, um, and it was to see Faith No More. Um, oh wow! At, uh, Williamsburg is it Williamsburg? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, down yeah down there. So yeah, that was all 2010. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that really? was great. Yeah, yeah. Mike Patton is a genius. Absolutely, oh, yeah. We, we, we are huge, huge fans. We're huge. My, my my younger brother uh, is he's only about a year and a half younger than me, but he loves uh, Mike Patton and all of his uh, different uh, projects. His Los Fantomas is yeah, one. Fantomas, Fantomas, yeah. yeah, yeah Mr. Yeah. Bungle, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Uh, big big fan. He yeah, is. Yeah. Sharp, you know what's funny? Have you ever? I don't know if you've ever seen this, but there's a video, there's a, a clip on TV of him at some festival, and Wolf Mother. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that clip. He's like, "You suck." Hell? It's like, "What year is this?" Nate? It's like, ah, "What year is this?" Is this, you know, uh, like, so funny. He's such a funny. He's such a funny guy. He's, yeah, he's really definitely is. one of our kind. Think about what a different band Faith No More would have been if Courtney Love stayed. Oh, I don't even want to think of that, man. No. <laughs> Let's not. Let's not bother. Let's not bother. Let's save that for next time. Yeah, fact, indeed. Have you, have you seen if there's actual footage on YouTube of her playing with them on TV? Have you seen it? No. Check it out on YouTube. Put in Courtney Love, Faith No More. It's on, I think it's on some TV program. It is. Right dreadful. And, <laughs> like, and, and they're terrible. They are they are They are terrible. They're oh, really wow. bad. Wow. Oh, well, thank thankfully uh, history took care of that. So, aye, definitely. <laughs> well, this has been this is I've really enjoyed this. Stephen. Yeah, it's been great talking to you, Stephen. Oh, great! I, I appreciate it. I hope it didn't uh, didn't bore you guys. Uh, Not at all. Stories, no, no, no and, and I've I've learned a few things as well. So that's <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
All right. Well, uh, thanks again, guys. And, uh, you know, let's try to try to connect again uh, in the future. I'll give you a yell when the next issue of Music Video Time Machine magazine comes out. The current one, you can still catch at musicvideotimemachine.com. Um, and once again, thanks so much for having me. No, You're thank welcome. you, Stephen. Thank you. And uh, if you if you come on next time, hopefully we'll have Paul uh, with us as well. And Paul, Paul will remember things like Tiz was that you were mentioning because yeah, he's, he's older than us. He's older than us. He's he was born in '72, so he's got a little bit more more years on us. So it seems like sort of a Beatles thing. Is Paul dead? <laughs> so I'm just going to get somebody else that looks like him on our podcast. It won't really matter because it's a podcast. Oh, <laughs> sounds like things are going all winky do. <laughs> Brilliant, excellent. Well, thank you very much, Stephen. You take care of yourself, and hope hopefully um, Brooklyn's um, a nice place to be right now. So, yeah, look after yourself, man. I will. I will. Thank you, guys. Take care now. You're Thanks welcome. again, mate. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.